Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'd like to wish you all a happy new year. Today is January 1st, 2020, if you can believe it, and uh, we're also entering the official second half of the NHL season as the Bruins wrapped up game number 41 yesterday, which we'll talk about here in a moment. First, I want to remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. If you feel like emailing the show, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. You can download and listen to the podcast wherever you get your uh, podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, I use Pocket Casts for my Android phone. It's a very great uh, app. Um, please also rate and review if you have a moment. If you're gathering with friends and family today on New Year's Day, please tell any Bruins-loving people in your life about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Today, uh, I want to go over yesterday's disappointing loss to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, as it is uh, the first day of the new year, first day of a new decade, uh, I also thought it would be kind of neat to kind of take a look at what the Bruins might look like in 2030. And then, of course, as we do it every day, we'll take a look at some news and notes around the NHL and at the World Juniors as well, now that the uh, medal round is set to begin. Uh, but yesterday, in disappointing fashion, the Bruins ended 2019 with a shootout loss to the New Jersey Devils at the Prudential Center in an afternoon game. Uh, they did have a two-goal lead. Uh, thanks to goals from Brad Marchand, his 20th of the season. Joaquin Nordstrom scored early in the second, uh, but then from there, things quickly went downhill, and it was all devils up until the point where they uh, stole the extra point in the shootout. Head coach Bruce Cassidy said, we just didn't have enough urgency, puck management, decision-making. I think those go together. We gave them some easy opportunities and couldn't get out of our end. They had a lot of life in the third. They're at home. They want to do well. They just had more will than us in the third, that's for sure. And certainly watching the game, it seemed like only a matter of time before the Devils indeed tied it. And uh, it was Jesper Bratt who scored the game-tying goal with 6.49 remaining in the third uh, off a deflection from a P.K. Subban shot. Uh, crazily enough, it was only... Subban's eighth point of the season in his 39th game or something. So that's uh, just crazy to think about uh, how he's not been able to get his offense going in New Jersey. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the Bruins saw their three-game winning streak snapped. They're now 4-0-4 over their last eight, so they're picking up points. But they've also dropped points uh, to relatively beatable teams. Uh, in the likes of uh, who have they lost to? The Kings, uh, the Islanders, the Predators. Uh, and yeah, they've lost to those uh, three teams prior to losing to um, the Devils yesterday with the win over Florida on the 14th. Uh, Washington, two wins over Buffalo uh, to round out that current eight-game point streak. So... Uh, you know, they've, they picked up those, um, points in eight straight, but still losses 
to the teams like the Kings and now the Devils. Not something that you really want to see at any point in the season. Patrice Bergeron said it's frustrating. We kind of sat back. They were doing some of what we want to do to other teams. Quick chip out of the zone with speed. They were getting some good offensive zone time because of that. I think they simplified their game, got some good results. We spent too much time in our zone. Um, the shootout obviously continues to be a problem for this team. Um, they fell to 0-6 in the shootout this season. Uh, Yaroslav Halak did make some good saves. Chris Wagner scored a beautiful uh, backhand roof job on Mackenzie Blackwood, but um, Damon Severson followed with the eventual winner as well after Jack Hughes had uh, also scored earlier in their shootout. So um, Bergeron said it's big points that you let slip by. We've got to rectify that. Obviously, you don't want to put yourself in that situation when you're up a goal in the third to even get to the shootout. We're better than that as far as closing games, being smart, staying on our toes, sticking to our system. Uh, You've got to bear down in that situation. The Brewers were playing shorthanded yesterday with uh, David Krejci, Tori Crew, Charlie McAvoy, Connor Clifton out of the lineup due to injury. And then Stephen Kampfer also left the second period after blocking a shot. Um, they were waiting results of an x-ray as of yesterday. Um, so, you know, playing down a defenseman for almost half the game is going to uh, put pressure on the rest of the defense core. That's already without a couple of regulars. Uh, Jeremy Lozon was stepping in. John Moore uh, hasn't been that great since coming back. So they were really relying on Chara, Carlo, uh, Grizzlick, uh, with Lozon and Moore as the five defensemen through half the game. So that's part of the reason why they were under pressure as well, to be sure. But still, uh, it was a game they should have been able to close out. Um Tori Krug should be ready to go for Thursday night's game against Columbus. Uh, McAvoy skated on Tuesday back in Boston. Clifton looks like he'll be out a bit longer, and hopefully Krejci's just day-to-day as well. Marshan did score his 20th goal of the season, uh, like I mentioned. Um, also, Danton Heinen was kept out as a healthy scratch. Uh, Cassidy said it's a little bit of the details. If you look at guys we've taken out of the lineup, they're all established players like Parlinholm, Bacchus, Nordstrom, Wagner. He's not out of the mix. There's just a few others as well taking turns coming in and out of the lineup, and he just happened to be tonight. The other night against Buffalo, he had too many turnovers. Uh, he has to make plays, strong plays, uh, and Cassidy just felt it was his night to take a rest. Um, so hopefully he was able to get a good bird's-eye view, and he'll come back uh, Thursday night. Uh, willing to do what it takes to help the team. Although, you know, the way the game played out, they certainly could have used Heinen's two-way play in that game. The Bruins are now off until Thursday, where they will uh, host the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then they'll be back in action Saturday afternoon against Edmonton. Those are two games that we'll take a look at um, over the remaining episodes to come this week. Uh, At the... Um, halfway point in the season, the Bruins are 24, 7, and 10. They have 58 points, a nine-point lead atop the Atlantic Division over the Toronto Maple Leafs, 12 points up on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have jumped into the third spot. Uh, 
They lead the NHL with a plus 33 goal differential. And, um, yeah, they're only one point back of the Washington Capitals for first overall. Uh, with that recent swoon that they went through, some drop points as of late, they easily could be in first overall at this point. Um, but we'll, we'll take uh, what we can get uh, with this group after coming off that emotional end to last season. They've certainly come out strong out of the gate, dealt with some injuries. Um, yeah, dropped some relatively easy points. So hopefully if they can um, kind of solidify their game, uh, get some help at the wing and uh, get some healthy bodies back on defense. I think they're well positioned to retain top spot in the Atlantic, barring a complete collapse and, uh, you know, uh, seemingly unsustainable win percentage for the Maple Leafs under Sheldon Keefe. I think they're at 750 mark right now. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. But right now, top three teams in the Atlantic are what we thought they would be with Toronto and Tampa Bay set to complain about the playoff format being 2-3 uh, in the Atlantic and would face off in the first round. Uh, the Bruins right now would be set to play the Carolina Hurricanes, who they swept in the Eastern Conference Finals, but who would but not be an easy out by any means. But that's looking way ahead. We still have half the season to go. Um, so yeah, that's where the Bruins stand here at the beginning of 2020. Now, since it is the beginning of a new decade, I thought it would be kind of cool to see what the Bruins might look like on January 1st, 2030. Uh, before we do that, I know that I neglected to mention the uh, events of the Boston Marathon bombings back in 2013 and how the city came together uh, with a, uh, just an emotional and remarkable show of unity prior to Bruins game against the Buffalo Sabres uh, just a couple of days later. It was the, the city's first major event following the attack. Um, after singing the first few lines of the anthem, Rene Rancourt, left the rest to uh, Boston Faithful uh, for the anthem. And Chara at the time said it showed how people stay strong, the togetherness and support. Um, I'm extremely proud to be part of it, proud to be a Bostonian, proud to be a Bruin. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way during those tough times. So uh, I apologize for not mentioning that amid the hockey success that the Bruins achieved over the past decade. Obviously, Hockey is much, much more than what goes on the ice um, and the way that the Bruins were able to help uh, people heal from that and to move on. And, you know, just to remind us that there are bigger things than hockey in life um, really helped put things in perspective. So forgive me for not mentioning that the first time around. Now, if we remember, the Bruins played in the Winter Classic back in uh, January 1st, 2010, and there were four players uh from that game that are still currently on the roster. That would be David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Zdeno Chara, and Tuka Rask. Rask, of course, being a backup to uh, Tim Thomas at the time. Um, I thought it'd be kind of cool to look ahead to uh, January 1st, 2030, uh, whether the Bruins are playing or not. Uh, it's neither here nor there, but who on the team might still be uh, here then and what uh, will the core of this team look like? I think we can reasonably um, assume that uh, Krejci, Bergeron, um, 
Maybe even Marchand won't be around at that point. Marchand's under contract through 24-25. He's already 31, so he'll be 41 at that point. Uh, probably safe to say that, that he'll have moved on by then, retirement uh, otherwise. Uh, Chara obviously will be gone. Uh, Rask, Halak will both be gone as well. So who are the core members of this team that will be around uh, at that time? Uh, I look at obviously David Pasternak. He's under contract through 2022-23, million. Um, the Bruins certainly will try to wrap him up uh, for the rest of his career and make him a career Bruin. At only 23 years of age, I would assume that he'll be around as a foundational player for this team moving forward. Among the rest of the forwards, I don't know if there's any that you can say will be around for the next decade. Perhaps Jake DeBrusque, maybe Charlie Coyle. He signed through 2025-26, so he'd need another four-year extension after that. He's 27 now. Um, Will he be around for the rest of his career? Who knows? Uh, I'd say the one um, other player who who may still be a, a building block for this team would be Andrus Bjork. Um, so let's pencil in Pasternak and Bjork up front as players on the current roster. On the back end, it gets a bit more interesting. Um, obviously, Charlie McAvoy, I would consider a building block for this team. Uh, Tori Krug will be is 28 right now, so he'll be 38. Um, I don't know if he'll pull a Chara and play into his 40s. Um, so I'd say McAvoy, uh, possibly Brandon Carlo, based on the way he's played. Now, those two guys are um, people that I could see sticking around until uh, the next decade. And then from there, we start getting into uh, minor league players. Of all of them, I think one who is a significant building block for the next generation is Jax Danica, 20 years old. He'll only be 30 at that time. Um, certainly making his mark with the Providence Bruins. And he's a guy that I can see being kind of not Bergeron himself, but maybe a Bergeron light going into the next generation. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot of guys down um, in Providence right now that have the chance to be uh, longtime Bruins. I think of Trent Frederick, Zach Senishin, um, who else? Maybe um, Jacob Lauko, um, Oscar Steen, Pavel Shen, kind of young guys like that, uh, kind of borderline. You look at Jack Beecher down the line. Um, but of all those players, I think Stadnika has the, uh, maybe even Frederick, just because of his style of play, and that's kind of a Boston mentality and the fact that he's a first-round pick. Um, defensively, I could see, you know, Vakaninen sticking around for a while. Um, who else? Yeah, maybe Jeremy Lozon, Jacobs Borrell. Um, those are kind of younger guys that I could see sticking around for a while. Maybe Axel Anderson, who's currently down in uh, Moncton of the, the uh, QMJHL. Uh, but if we're projecting ahead 10 years, I think it's reasonable to suggest that these 
four players, if I can narrow it down to that, will be Bruins because, you know, injuries happen, trades happen. If you look back a decade ago, Tyler Sagan hadn't even been drafted yet. He's since been traded. Dougie Hamilton hadn't been drafted yet. He's since been traded. These are guys that I would have said when they joined the Bruins organization that they would be uh, longtime Bruins. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition for a variety of reasons. Um, but these four players, I think, will be Bruins come January 1st, 2030. That would be David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, Kyle Kieser, I think, is the future net for this team, and uh, Jack Stanika. So that would be one winger, one center, one defenseman, one goalie that I think we can reasonably assume will be Bruins on January 1st, 2030. Check back on the podcast in 10 years. We'll see if that's still a thing. Um, But um, let me know if you agree or disagree whether or not these four guys will be Bruins on uh, January 1st, 2030. That would be uh, David Pasternak. Jack Stanika in the middle, Charlie McAvoy on defense, Kyle Kieser in net. Um, secondary guys, that's possible. I'd put it in that category, like I said, an Anders Bjork, Jake DeBrusque, possibly Charlie Coyle, but he's he's already 27. He's kind of pushing that uh, range where he may not be still playing by then. Um, and then you have... Questionable prospects like Trent Frederick, Zach Senishin, Jacob Lauko, Yerho uh, Vakaninen, Jacobs Borrell, Axel Anderson. Um, but those four, for sure, I'm not just penciling. I'm marking in as Bruins in 2030. If it doesn't happen, something has gone off, gone awry, and I'll be disappointed, especially if it's not Pasternak. I certainly hope that he's a Bruin for life at this point, and... Uh, I think Stadnika has the potential to be kind of the next uh, great two-way center that this team has to build around moving forward. Uh, and McAvoy as the number one defenseman to build around. Kieser as the goalie of the future. Let me know what you think at locked on Boston Bruins at gmail.com. Tweet the show at LO underscore Bruins or at me at ENC McLaren if you vehemently disagree or agree either way. Now it's time in the show where we just go over some news and notes from around the NHL. At the time of this recording, the Winter Classic has come and gone, and the Dallas Stars have prevailed uh, on quote-unquote home ice um, in uh, the Cotton Bowl, they beat the Nashville Predators. It was announced during the game that next year's Winter Classic will be hosted by the Minnesota Wild. So the state of hockey will be getting, um, yeah, the Winter Classic. It's yet to be said who the opponent will be, but if I'm a betting man, i put it on the Blues uh, or the Colorado Avalanche, seeing as they're kind of premier teams in the NHL right now. Um, if the NHL wanted to play it safe, you could say Chicago, uh, but, um, that doesn't really seem realistic based on the trajectory of the team right now. Winnipeg would be nice as the closest geographic rival. Uh, but I don't know if they really see Winnipeg as a bankable market and, um, 
yeah. So I'd I'd put my money on either St. Louis or uh, Colorado as the next opponent. Uh, in the Winter Classic, Corey Perry received a major penalty for a blindside hit on Ryan Ellis. Uh, I would expect that there will be a um, hearing suspension possibly for Perry as a result of that hit. Uh, check out the Walk of Shame memes on Twitter if you haven't already. Uh, a big injury note in the Eastern Conference is um, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins forward Jake Gensel is out for the rest of the season, four to six months after uh, having to undergo shoulder surgery after falling into the boards awkwardly after uh, a game against the Ottawa Senators a couple days ago. That could impact the um, wildcard standings. Metropolitan standings might open the door for a fourth Atlantic Division team to sneak in there. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on from that perspective. Elliot Friedman dropped his latest 31 thoughts uh, yesterday on New Year's Eve. Again, the Bruins came up in uh, relation to uh, Chris Kreider. Uh, still lots of interest in Kreider, but again, no word yet on whether the Rangers intend to trade him. Um, if so, the Bruins would certainly be interested. I've heard also... Boston tied to Brandon Saad in Chicago, but that would take some finagling from Sweeney as he's a 6.5 million cap player this year and next. Um, so that could be a uh, tricky for the Bruins to pull off. Although, um, yeah, we'll see what, what happens there. We haven't heard about Ilya Kovalchuk much. Um, said, uh, Friedman said, Kovalchuk is hoping for some contenders to show more interest. The Bruins were said to have some interest in him, uh, but they might just, at this point, turn their attention to bigger fish via um, free, no, not free agency, via the trade market, although I still think it would be worth seeing if he'd sign for the league minimum uh, prior to uh, having to give up some assets at the deadline for those bigger fish. Also, Justin Williams uh, in Carolina is said to be finalizing his plans for the rest of the season by the weekend. He's taken some time away from the game to decide if he's ready to hang up his skates or if he wants to return to the Hurricanes for one more go at the Stanley Cup. Um, the quarterfinals at the World Junior Championships have been set. The tournament will resume on Thursday with USA playing Finland. Canada playing Slovakia, Switzerland playing Russia, Sweden against the Czech Republic. Uh, Canada-wise, Alex Lafreniere expected to be the number one pick in the 2020 NHL draft. He'll play after missing two games with a left knee injury. It was thought to be potentially serious, uh, but it uh, looks like he has dodged that bullet. And getting him back will be a huge boost to Canada, who uh, followed up a win against the States with... That huge loss to Russia, they bounced back with two more wins. Uh, Lafreniere was a game changer in that game against um, the U.S., and it'll be huge for Canada to get him back. From an American perspective, uh, Trevor Zagras, uh, Anaheim Ducks prospect, he leads the tournament with nine points, all primary assists, uh, with a number of just remarkable passes to set up goals from his teammates. Uh, so he's a, certainly a player to watch um, in terms of even adding some goals. He's uh, 
uh, tied for fourth most assists by a United States player at the tournament so far. Their record was set by Doug Waite back in 1991. Uh, if the Americans go the distance, that would mean they would have three more games. Uh, and certainly Zagras is paying at a, play, a pace where he could eclipse that um, should he um, get those assists. Uh, he said, I don't really know what it's like to score a goal anymore. Assists are the best thing in the world for me. There's just something about it that I really like. Uh, I'm sure his teammates like that attitude. Um, going back to the Canadians, there's been some question about whether they'll go back to Nico Dawes, who uh, beat the Americans but stumbled against the uh, Russians and has since been pulled in uh, favor of Joel Hoffer, a Blues prospect. Um, he's been one of the better goalies in the WHL with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Um, so we'll see who Canada goes with in that game, but, um, should be a great day of action in the world juniors from the Czech Republic on Thursday. Uh, we'll check back in with semifinal matchups, uh, after that's all said and done. I think that's pretty much it for me for today. Uh, thanks so much for joining the first episode for 2010, 2010. What am I talking about? 2020. Uh, of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite hockey team every single day. Uh, thank you so much again for joining me. Uh, thank you for uh, all the support so far. Uh, if you do listen and if you are able to send a rating and review, I would very much appreciate it. And um, yeah. Again, appreciate all the support for those who take the time to listen, uh, for those who are vocal on Twitter, for those who are uh, silent uh, enjoyers of the podcast. It all means a lot. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to tee up Thursday night's Boston Bruins game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the first home game of 2020. Hopefully they're able to bounce back after that rough outing in New Jersey. I hope you all had a very safe and happy New Year's and have enjoyed the first day of 2020. And uh, I look forward to uh, some great things ahead this year for the podcast, for the Bruins and for each and every one of us. Um, yeah. Take care, friends. Talk to you tomorrow.